0: All right, guys, you are locked on Falcons. I am your host, Aaron Freeman, and today is a Fan Talk Thursday. I am joined by Nick Conrad. We're going to be talking about the Falcons' 2017 season so far. We're going to be talking about the remainder of this 2017 season and what their outlook is going to be like. You are locked on Falcons, your daily podcast on the Atlanta Falcons, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, Every day, all right, Nick. Welcome to the show. Um, you contacted me earlier this week about being on a fan talk, and uh, since I was looking for somebody, I was like, Hey, makes it a lot easier uh, that you can have somebody on. So, uh, that's one less step I have to take to to get somebody on in a range time. So, I appreciate you, uh, basically, you know, being in the right place at the right time.
1: Yeah, just trying to make your job a little bit easier.
0: Yeah, I appreciate that. (laughs) So um, let's talk about the Falcon season. That's something that we talk about with pretty much every fan that we have come on here and sort of what your expectations were heading into the season. What have you seen so far that you liked or maybe not liked as well as what are your sort of expectations for the remainder of the season? So I will give you the floor, Nick, to talk about all those things.
1: Okay. Thanks, Aaron, for having me on again. I appreciate it. Um, uh, I think before the season started, I was pretty optimistic, and uh, a lot of fans I would assume were, and we had a lot of reason to be after the playoff run we had last year. Um, but I wasn't sure we had two, two coordinators, two new coordinators on both sides of the ball, so that's interesting, especially for a team that just won the conference. So I wasn't sure what to expect. Um, and the first, probably the first month of the season, the, the Chicago Green Bay and Detroit. And I was a little, I was like, you know, it's early season, just trying to get the kinks worked out. And, uh, I think after the, I know we lost to Buffalo. I wasn't too displeased about that loss. I think it was the Miami losses when I started having doubts. Um, and you know, since then it's been up and down and, uh, but we've been, we've won, I believe five of the last six. So I guess you can't really complain. It's been kind of, uh, ugly wins, some of them, but, um, Looking forward, I would say the two division games. I know one's on the road in New Orleans and we're hosting Carolina. I'm, I'd be pretty, pretty not sure what to expect, especially after the last two games. I think that's been the real head scratch, scratcher to me. Uh, it's just a different team in a different year. So I'm not sure what to expect. I, of course, I'm going to be optimistic, but uh, it just seems the Falcons this year have had a little. I think it's just discipline the little things don't seem to be there I, I don't know if you've mentioned that I know a few times on the show but uh what's what's your thoughts on that you think it's uh is it just new coordinators or do you think it's just hangover I guess what would you think about that Aaron
0: yeah I mean I, I think there's a lot of factors it's it's hard to sort of pin it on one thing I do think sort of the hangover early in the season seemed to be an issue that did seem a little bit complacent a little bit um, during mm-hmm. that stretch in the middle of the season where they were struggling against those AFC East teams, um, mm-hmm. I think uh, the coordinator issue has been an issue. I don't know if it's been a major issue on defense because I, I do think overall the defense has improved this year. Uh, you know, obviously we've talked about Sarkeesian probably on, if not every episode of this podcast, probably every other episode of this podcast. So I, I don't think talking about sort of the issues the offense has had is anything new or groundbreaking. But I do think a lot of the issues that the team has had can be sort of point go back to maybe just a discomfort and a lack of sort of a clear cut. You know, we heard the criticism earlier in the season where, you know, Sarkeesian's offense was disorganized and there wasn't really sort of a plan. I think you saw that quite a bit during that stretch run against the AFC East teams. no, Uh, you know, the Patriot game is one that's been burned into my brain as just a game that was just completely disorganized. I think, obviously, that has been better as of late because of the Falcons' success as of late. But it does seem like they just aren't fully on the same page with the play calling to the point where they can run it to its peak efficiency, and I think that's one of the reasons why people have talked quite a bit about execution issues. Again, I don't want to necessarily blame Sarkeesian for the lack of execution, for this guy missing a block or this guy dropping a pass or or or, or whatever it is, um, you know, this guy getting flagged for a holding call. But it is one of those things where you do see it, particularly with Matt Ryan. And I thought watching the All 22 earlier today uh, of the the Tampa Bay Bucks game, like initially watching the game Monday night, I was like, oh, you know, Matt Ryan's performance it wasn't perfect, but this is sort of typical Matt Ryan. But then rewatching the film, I was like yeah there was a there was a couple more plays than the usual four or five or five or six that he 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 may leave on the field um that just seemed to be a little bit like he wasn't a hundred percent sure what he what he was looking for and who he was supposed to be throwing to, and so he missed some reads and and didn't pull the trigger on some sort of tight window timing based throws because I just don't think he's fully comfortable in the offense and i'm I'm hoping that next year that'll change. Um, you know, but um, we'll have to see. I, I think that explains some of the issues that the team is dealing with.
1: Oh, one thing I wanted to add I just thought of actually while you were explaining the Monday night game, uh, defense I think would be in the bright spot. They've definitely improved off last year and I think uh, guys like Keanu Neal and Deion Jones have impressed me, especially the past few weeks, but uh, uh, the defense I, I thought was a little the performance wasn't, it just wasn't as what I was expecting and I know Tampa had a, some injuries on the offensive line. I was expecting our pass rush. That'd be This would be a good opportunity to get some momentum and really get after it, but I, I didn't see it. I, Jameis, he looked like he was just hanging out back there, had a lot of time to throw. Uh, I'm not sure. Maybe they weren't fired up. I don't want to question, question anybody's motivation or anything, but it didn't seem they were – you know, I thought this would be the prime opportunity for them to really get a pass rush going, you know, heading forward.
0: Yeah, I think you're right. It was one of those things. One of my expectations was the defense would play really well against Tampa because there are offensive line issues. And we've seen in past games where when we face a team like with bad offensive line play, we tend to exploit it. You know, the Jets game is is one prominent example of that. Um, Mm -hmm. We just didn't see it on on Monday night. And I don't know why it was, you know, I know Uh, Claiborne was dealing with a hamstring injury. I know there's been a lot of talk about Vic Beasley's decline, um, but really it was more Jared and Poe that were sort of letting me down because those were the two guys going up against, you know, backup guards and center, uh, you know, and they lost J.R. Sweezy halfway through the game. And and so you were basically facing two backup guards uh, in 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 a center in there. And I expected those guys to really feast on Jameis, and they really didn't. You know, they made a couple of nice plays here and there, but, you know, that was really sort of what let me down a little bit. And so, you know, we've talked about it on this podcast before, like when the defensive line isn't controlling the line of scrimmage, then it opens up things for, you know, issues in the back seven, just because, you know, we talked about the linebacker play not being great. It's been better as of late, but hasn't been great this season. And the secondary has been good for the most part. But, you know, we know the Bucks wide receivers, particularly Mike Evans, tends to give the Falcons' secondary a lot of issues, and we saw that on Monday night. So um, we really needed the defensive line to really step up and, and control the game, and I don't think they really did a great job doing that. Oh,
1: yeah, definitely heading into the playoffs. That defensive line is going to be crucial. We would definitely have to have them step up to make any kind of a push for the in the playoffs. Uh, oh, another part, I keep going back to Monday night because I, I, that was really the first game of the season I got to sit and watch every play, actually. Uh, the hit, uh, Ricardo Allen, I think it was break. He caught the pass over the middle. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was watching the telecast, and, man, I, the officiating is – I've been watching games this year, and I just think the officiating has been so head scratching at times. And that hit to me just didn't didn't seem like a, a dirty hit. It just seemed like a normal football play to me. And James kind of left him out of the draft. You think uh, think that was a good officiating call? Or do you just I, when I first saw it, I was kind of ps. I was really annoyed with it, but
0: I, I didn't know I and mean, I haven't heard, talked to anyone else about it, so I wanted their thoughts on it. Oh I mean, no, it was definitely a bad call. It was it was a, it was a bad yeah, call. Yeah, um, like you know, there was like a. A little bit of maybe his helmet hitting his face mask, but that was just because great ducked. You know, he was aiming with his shoulder, and it, you know, sure. it was one of those things where, like, it was definitely a bad call, Um and yeah. it, it certainly helped the Bucks extend that drive and score points. But the the point I think I made on the podcast or and on Twitter as well was like, yeah, it was a bad call. It probably, you know, arguably cost the Falcons seven points by you know swinging mm-hmm. that momentum back in, into the bucks favor but there were still plenty of other opportunities after that point in the game cuz you know that right. was midway through the first quarter that i don't think you know going to the point of you know that you know i think there's a tendency for people to be like oh this this bad call you know made this game change the outcome of the game and i, I don't necessarily buy that particularly when it's a, a early first right. quarter call type of thing
1: yeah, I uh the game Monday I, I was uh thrilled to finally watch it. I at times I, I was a little felt a little wanting more, you know, from the especially from the defense like we talked earlier. I'd, uh yeah, I'm not hoping that, of course they they know what's on the line. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. They know their divisions on the up for grabs now so they control their own destiny, but uh what's your feeling sitting into the New Orleans game? Do you think uh, that's on the radar. That's going to be, and we're going to assume Kamara is going to be 100%, so I think that's going to be a, a def- tougher up than it was uh, a couple weeks ago.
0: Yeah, I do have some thoughts on that, Nick, but uh, first I want to let the people know about my bookie. Bowl season is here, and it's time to get in on the action with my bookie. Are you sick and tired of getting the runaround when you ask for a payout? Sign up at MyBookie.ag today and get paid fast when you win. MyBookie is your hookup for all your betting needs, and you can even deposit using Bitcoin. Where you bet is just as important as who you're betting on, and if you want to make money betting the bowl games, you've got to go to MyBookie.ag. They're the only site I'd recommend because I trust them, and you don't have to take my word for it. Check them out for yourself. They have the odds on every matchup as well as in-game live betting on all this season's NFL and bowl game action. Join now and my bookie will match your deposit with up to a fifty percent bonus. Use the promo code locked on to activate your offer. Visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. Yeah, going with the Saints game, I, I think this is going to be interesting. I, I think the hope is looking back at this Bucks game that the Falcons just played down to their competition and this week they'll play up to their competition. Um you know, Kamara is going to be a a significant factor in this game. And I, you know, I'm not optimistic (laughs) that the Falcons will be able to contain him. But my hope is it's kind of the strategy that uh, other people have expressed before when it comes to Julio Jones, where it's just like, you don't want Julio Jones to go for like 250 yards, but like if he gets, you know, his 100, 120, like you can live with that as long as no one else is eaten. Um, And I think that's kind of the way that we kind of have to expect this Kamara thing to go. If we can keep Michael Thomas in check, if we can keep Ingram in check and it's just Kamara or, you know, any one of those three guys, really. Um, If one of those guys goes off, okay, but the other two we have to sort of keep in check. And and that's my hope sort of pinning on things. And and we'll see what happens. Uh, You know, I was very optimistic going into that Thursday night game just because it was a home game. The Saints were really beat up. I don't know what the injury status is on some of these guys is right now in the middle of the week, but um, I can only imagine that they're a lot healthier than they were two weeks ago. So um, it's going to be a a lot tougher to go on the road and go into that environment and and win. But I I certainly think the Falcons have the capability. You know, honestly, looking at these two games, the Carolina game is a little bit more concerning to me than the Saints game at this point, but we'll, we'll see how it goes. Yeah.
1: Yeah, Carolina, that could be a game where the division is literally on the line depending on how the New Orleans game goes. Yeah. Yeah, that's going to be... It's going to be an interesting few weeks. uh, And uh, I don't want to get too ahead of ourselves because we don't know the outcome of the next two weeks, but um, I was talking to a friend of mine the other day and I kind of had this thought too. um, I think the Falcons have not lived up to the potential uh, just in general as a team. I guess maybe... Maybe we had a lot of expectations coming in for them this season, maybe too high, but uh, I would rather, as a fan, if them win the division, of course, would be nice, but if they were to get into the playoffs, I would feel more comfortable with them playing at home as opposed to going to L.A. or, you know, Philly
0: or one of those teams. How, how do you feel about that? In general, I'm not a you know I'm not a big believer in home field advantage. I don't feel like this Falcon team as much as the Mike Smith teams has that sort of we're good at home and we're not so good on the road type of mm-hmm. um, issues. So I'm not overly concerned, but I do agree with you that I would feel a little bit more comfortable with this team opening up the playoffs at home as opposed to going on the road. But at this point, I don't you know if we have to go out to L.A. You know I don't know how much the Rams have a home field advantage this season given the new stadium. And maybe that explains why the Falcons don't have a significant home field advantage because of the new stadium. And that's certainly been something that people have talked about with the the lack of crowd noise and whatnot. But um, yeah, I I think, I think it's, it's less about the environment with this team and more about the matchups. And I I do think there are some potential problematic matchups. Obviously I, I would prefer of the teams that we could face in the playoffs, I would prefer it to be one of these two divisional teams, which I think if we win the division and get the four seed, it'll probably be New Orleans. And if we don't win the division and get the six seed, it'll probably be New Orleans. So it it seems like the most likely scenario is this upcoming Saints game, assuming the Falcons do make the playoffs. um, You know, This is going to be one of two more games we'll have to face against the Saints.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. That would be interesting. That would add a new wrinkle to the rivalry. It's been a number of years since they have played in the playoffs. So it would be interesting to see. Um,
0: yeah, I think it's been. I think the '91 season. '91 was the one time I believe. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it's been it's been a very long time. So very um, <laughs> before I was born. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was just getting into football, and that was like the first year I was really a Falcon fan, or I consider myself a Falcon fan. I watched like two games that year, so yeah, I can't really claim too much fandom. Um, but yeah, yeah, it'll, it'll it'll be interesting to see if if we get another game against the Saints and sort of what the two, you know the the chess game that constantly goes on in, in this league with these two teams trying to figure each other out and trying to one up one another. Mm-hmm. Now, Nick, is there anything else that you wanted to uh, discuss uh, on today's episode and, and let the listeners know what's been on your mind with this Falcon team? Um,
1: off my head, I, w- I would say that uh, at times, it, it, like I said earlier, we I think it's just, maybe I had too high of expectations going in, but I, I really loved uh, – I think I've, I have a newfound love it. L- lately. I've been watching Devontae Freeman, and I think he's just – He's become my favorite player. Really, I've, I've been really excited and uh, about him and and Coleman. If they get healthy and get rolling like they were last season, that'd be it's fun to watch in the playoffs. Um, and of course, I think I think Matt Ryan gets a lot of flack uh, for being a quote unquote choker and a bad quarterback. But I, I I tell my family all the time that you know who would you rather have? I mean, there's not you just don't get good quarterbacks off trees. You know, they're they're hard to come by.
0: Yeah, I mean, that that's basically my stance with Matt Ryan. Even when I'm down on Matt Ryan and I just think of him as like being like the 12th best quarterback in the league or, or whatever, um, you know, during those games where like we saw two weeks ago against the Saints where it's like, oh, come on, Matt, you, you're better than this. Mm-hmm. Um, but even then, I'm like, you look around the league and, and particularly this season with all the bad quarterback plays, with all the injuries that teams have had oh. and, you know, like, you, you look at a situation like Eli Manning, like a couple of years ago, Eli Manning was on top of the world, but he's just sort of had mediocre year after mediocre year after mediocre year. And now he's, you know, probably playing his final games with the Giants. And like, you know, part of me sort of looks at the situation with Matt Ryan a couple of years ago, where it's like, we could have easily been in this scenario Um, Not that long ago, like, you know, after the 2015 season, instead of Matt Ryan having an MVP season in 2016, like what if he had had another sort of lackluster season on the same lines as the 2015 season? Then all of a sudden, you know, if he was having a season like that again in 2017, which I think basically encapsulates what Eli Manning has, you know, done over the last couple of years and why there's, you know, at one point in time, five years ago, they were both sort of in this same tier of quarterback, you know, in that top 10, top 12 range. And now all of a sudden, you know, Matt Ryan's still there and Eli Manning's closer towards the bottom of the league. And I just think about, like, you know, it's good that Matt Ryan, like we don't have to deal with the same issues that the Giants are going to have to deal with, you know, picking number two overall and probably have to take a quarterback and hoping that the guy that you get is is going to be a good player. Otherwise, it's going to reset your team, you know, set your team back for the next three to five years, if not longer. um, And you're not going to be a a competitive team over the next five years, potentially, um, as opposed to the Falcons, who we hope and expect will be very competitive over the next five years with Matt Ryan at the helm.
1: Yeah, for sure. That's what I tell my family that they have a very, uh, they're not a very, they're not an ex as a notice person. They're just kind of a casual fan and, they, uh, they just see Matt Ryan throw three interceptions and think he's, he's no good. And I try to tell them that, you know, we, I mean, it's one bad game and it, no, it's not, I tell them that the blame's not all on Matt Ryan. I mean, I've, the Detroit game's prime example. There's, there's two catchable balls that should have been a first down and instead they're going for interceptions the other way and giving great field position. And, uh, I think another thing I, I mentioned earlier, uh, I think just the little things the Falcons have not, have not done. Uh, like the like catchable balls or miss blocks or just missed tackles and um, and they've won a lot of close games and that gives me a little a uh, little worry heading into this stretch of football because those little things eventually they're, they're going to catch up to you and winning close ball games you know
0: yeah yeah um, you, you saying that reminded me of like going back after that 2015 season looking at all of Matt Ryan's interceptions I think he did like 17 that year And, like, 10 of them I remember charting as, like, quarterback error. And I think this year he's at, like, what, 11 picks or something like that. And I I would be pretty confident in saying maybe only five or six of those are quarterback error at most. Because I I know at least five or six of them were just, you know, drop passes or or pass deflections. Um, and, And so, you know. And then probably a couple more of those are you know receivers running the wrong route like we saw with the hooper in the Carolina game, so it's probably even lower than five or six um and so like that's one of the differences between you know a couple of years ago when Matt Ryan was really struggling and raised a lot of questions um and it, then I thought it was because of the discomfort and this year I do think he's not comfortable as I mentioned earlier, but clearly it's not to the point where he feels like feel compelled to force passes to Julio Jones or, or to this receiver because he doesn't really know what he's doing. And so I I do think with Matt Ryan, he is a good quarterback. He's he's far from perfect, uh by all means, but um, you know, he puts his team in a position to win games and I think when you consider the alternatives, um, it could be drastically, drastically worse. Yes, amen to that. It could yeah. be we could be in a worse
1: worse spot than nine and four, you know, and possibly a division title.
0: Yeah, and I, I think that's always something that you have to consider, even on those bad games and those bad days that Matt Ryan has. It's like, you know, we we get like three or four of those games a year, and it's like imagine getting like thirteen or fourteen of those games a year. So, um, <laughs> it, it is one of those things that you you do have to consider the alternative at times, and and it, it doesn't mean that you know that suddenly makes Matt Ryan's bad performances into good ones, but it does put into context, you know, maybe, you you know, maybe you should pump the brakes on the let's run Matt Ryan out of town talk. Uh, but... Go ahead.
1: I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, I saw an interesting stat, and I always tell people when they when they start bashing Matt Ryan, and it's, uh, I think I saw it, it was Monday night after the game, and they said uh, in his career as a starter, he's had seven seasons of nine wins or more. And then before Matt Ryan even arrived in Atlanta, the whole franchise had six wins of nine or more nine or more wins. Yeah. So, yeah, that just goes to show you that he's he's really he's left a mark on the franchise and the, the team in general. Yeah, yeah.
0: I, I think, you know, speaking more of Matt Ryan, like I remember early in his career when he was struggling at various times, you know, I, I think a lot of it was because the expectations were that he would be on the same level as some of the elite quarterbacks in the league at that time you know, at at that Mm -hmm. time it was Peyton Manning and Tom Brady and and Roethlisberger and and Aaron Rodgers early in his career. And I I didn't think it was fair to necessarily compare him to those guys, you know, when he's in his second or third year in the league and those guys have been starting for, in some cases, five years, some cases, ten years in the NFL. And I I feel like now it's like, even today, I'm like, yeah, I don't know if he's as good as those guys are, but, like, he – gives this team a shot. Like every year you you expect the Falcons to make the playoffs. Every year if the Falcons make the playoffs, you have the expectation that this team has a shot at least of, of going to a Super Bowl and possibly winning a Super Bowl. And and that's, you know, having quarterback that is capable of, of producing that, even if he hasn't quite lived up to that expectation so far in his career, um, outside of twenty sixteen, um, gives you you know, it's, it's just much a better place to be as a fan than the alternative, which, you know, again, we can look around the league and see a lot of teams that are not in that situation. And a lot of teams like Cleveland who haven't really been in that situation for almost 20 years. So, um, or really 30 years, if you, you got to go back to the burning Cozart days, I guess. But, um, yeah, so it, it's one of those things where it's just like Matt Ryan gets a lot of flack, too much flack from some, Places, I think sometimes he doesn't get enough flack for his bad performances from some corners of the fan base. um But at the same time, it is one of those things that like there's way more good than bad with Matt Ryan, and I think people need to consider that. Right. I mean, that's just football in general. The quarterback, you
1: hear the saying He gets too much credit and then too much blame. And you know, we you know, it's obviously a team game, so it could be worse. Uh, you know, is the main point I, I guess we're trying to get across. Yes, definitely, um,
0: definitely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right uh nick um is there any place on the social medias where if people want to talk falcons football with you they can
1: um you can find me on facebook um or instagram uh that's that's the main the places you can find me uh not the only social media i use <laughs> i try to stay away at times
0: well you, you, again uh, everybody who comes on here and says they're not on twitter i, I say you're one of the smart ones uh, the rest of us have been dragged out into the the, the depths of the uh of hell I guess you would say it when you go on I had,
1: I had Twitter I had Twitter years ago and it, it uh it got a little much at times but I do enjoy the the I do you do meet some interesting people
0: I will say that yeah, Definitely definitely it it's got you know it's it's like Matt Ryan it's got good and bad probably a little bit more bad than good though um Right but, <laughs> it could be worse I guess Yeah all right, uh, well, Nick, I appreciate you coming on and chat with me. I, I look forward to having future conversations about this team, and, and hopefully, seeing the season may start to live up to your expectations as we get closer to January. Definitely, definitely. I
1: appreciate you for having me on. It was uh, fun. I'd never done a podcast this, was, uh, so it's my first time. I enjoyed it.
0: Yeah, um, you you did mention to me that you were thinking about starting your own podcast. I, I'm curious what were, you know, what was. Um, the idea behind that,
1: yeah, me and my brother were are uh, we're big football fans. We uh, we were talking a few weeks ago, and we watch uh, a bunch of sports shows. And my brother and I, we just started listening to podcasts maybe this past year, and uh, we watched uh, uh, Nick Wright and Chris Carter on FS1 and Colin Cowherd at times. And uh, you know, we were just like, dang, some of these things these guys say, we we <laughs> we're right sometimes more than they are, and yeah. we just thought, you know, why don't why don't we you know it'd be fun so we're discussing uh after this season because i feel like it'd be kind of weird to start a podcast in the middle of a football season so uh hopefully we're going to try to uh in the process and we're discussing making a podcast and putting it on spotify and uh we're we got a title already we have not uh we're, we may may have to change it because of the recent discoveries it's, it would be called helmet to helmet kind of like head-to-head debate you know okay um uh, we we like the name at first but then we we the CTE thing and uh, you know just the concussion stuff that's very you know opinionated we we just we thought we may change it but we're going to see how it goes first but uh, we're looking forward to it though.
0: all right well uh, i like the you know it's a very clever title uh, you know it you're right it, it is a little you kind of have to skate the line a little bit maybe but uh well you know if 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 you need any tips if you need any um You know, once you launch it and you want to come back on and promote it on this podcast, i would be more than than welcome to do so. So, um, yeah, let me know. Yeah. Oh, that'd be great. I appreciate it, man.
1: Mm.
0: All right. Yeah. Well, um, Nick, uh, happy holidays and I hope you have a good day. Yeah, man. You too. Appreciate you. All right, man. Later. Thanks. All right, fellas. That was uh, Nick Conrad. Talking Falcons with me. Talking Matt Ryan with me. So, uh, you know, normally a little, little, little bit of a different week this week just because we did not do the normal Q&A uh, two days removed from the game that normally would been the case. Um, tomorrow we're going to have the preview for uh, this upcoming Saints game. And probably what I'll wind up doing, guys, is instead of you know putting up a, a Saturday Q&A episode, I'll just – go ahead and post um all your guys's questions on lockedonfalcons.com so if you want you know if you want what I would have said on on a normal Q&A podcast this week just head on over to lockedonfalcons.com I'll try to put that up on Saturday um I'll definitely work on it Friday yeah I'll I'm saying that now knowing that I'll find something else to do on Friday but um that's something I'll plan on putting up Saturday and um, you guys can get your Q&A questions answered then on LockedOnFalcons.com. And, and speaking of LockedOnFalcons.com, you can also leave a comment there because the show is posted daily there as well as at foulfans.com That's one way of getting your feedback to the show. There's also Facebook. Locked On Falcons is the Facebook page. Email address is LockedOnFalcons at com. And, of course, there's always the illustrious Twitter Um where my twitter handle is fans. if it's podcast related then just say so in the tweet if otherwise you can just send it over to locked on falcons that's the easiest way to indicate that it's podcast related because that's the show's twitter handle locked on falcons so um yeah that's it guys don't have much else to say we'll be looking forward to the saints game be back with uh greg gibson tomorrow to, to do this preview podcast, and this time I won't forget about the uh the bet, even though man, I should have capitalized on my opportunity last time i don't I don't know things things might get ugly this time, but we'll see um yeah all right that's it guys uh stay locked on be brothers and sisters to one another so, again, it, I don't like the in brotherhood hashtag, it's bad like it doesn't work, I hate it I don't know, I don't hate it, but it's just like just so like you, you can't use it in a sentence, you know it's like the spelling, but you, you use it in a sentence please, I can't be in in brotherhood we're in, you know Um. sorry, I'm, I'm killing I'm ruining the end of the show stay, stay locked on be in brotherhood, and hopefully these Falcons rise up.
1: You are Locked On Falcons, your daily Atlanta Falcons podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.